No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Sco. Afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, quite everywhere. It's Monday night here on the Daily Boogie broadcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack is bland brand no name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on a Monday night. I am Boogie Bumpy, your host, hopefully for the next couple of hours or so. We'll see how we go. Thank you so much for joining us. If, thank you for sharing the show, Ed. If, if you did, if you didn't, that's okay too. You don't have to. That's fine. Uh, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you'd like to tell me about your weekend, you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. As always, ladies and gentlemen, so much to get through, so little time. I'm a little behind on my sleep at the moment, so uh, it could be one of those nights. We'll see how we go. But I've got I've got some lovely, special, chewy little factoids for you here this evening. Tonight, I'm actually going to bring to you what I suspect to be every parent's worst nightmare. Now, not being a parent myself, I can only postulate on these kinds of things, but I can imagine that hearing what you're going to hear tonight would be akin to... I don't know, burying your own children. They may as well be dead to you once you find out that your son, who you nurtured and raised and cared for and fed and educated, when you find out your son has taken a turn toward the alt-right, ladies and gentlemen. So, I can, I can imagine it's practically like finding out your son is dead. It must be the same kind of feeling. So I have a video in the queue tonight for tonight, which I haven't haven't pre-watched yet. I'm saving it. Genuine reaction, as always, on this program. So I'm saving it. I thought we should watch it together. It's a nice little piece, of, uh, about a five-minute video about the horrors of finding out when your children have gone alt-right, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm very much looking forward to that, coming from the good people of Channel 4 in England. We've got that. We've got other stuff as well. So without much further ado, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, then please, by all means, uh, head to dlive.tv slash boogiebumper, or you can hit the link down in that corner of the screen over there, streamlabs.com slash boogiebumper. Let's open up with this, though. Over the last, say, four to six months, the doctors, ladies and gentlemen, have been getting a lot of attention in society for various reasons. Obviously, coronavirus, COVID-19, They are our caregivers. They are the truth seekers. They are the people who are protecting us from the horrors of the natural world. So they've been getting a lot of attention and they've been getting a lot of praise. And I think it's fair. And there's a reason behind this, I think. It's because we know doctors deal in facts. Doctors don't like to make hyperbolic statements. Doctors aren't into spreading fear. You know what I mean? Doctors may say things that make you fearful, but they're doing it from a place of objectivity and science. So they are the cool heads in the room. 
They are the non-hyperbolic. They are the reasonable, the reasoned, rational, thoughtful caregivers amongst us. So for that reason, I thought we better check in with one of these doctors and just find out what the hell is going on here. Keeping in mind that they are the most reasonable people amongst us and they would never lie to us. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you this article from Salon. Dr. John Gartner, (laughs) Donald Trump is the most successful bioterrorist in human history. Very reasonable. (laughs) That's not extreme rhetoric in the slightest. That's not hyperbolic at all. Psychologist and former Johns Hopkins professor on Trump's pandemic conduct, quote, he is a first degree mass murderer. (laughs) This guy. Murder in the first degree. A bioterrorist. Not just a bioterrorist. I see some people in the chat saying, what bioterrorist? Not just a bioterrorist. The most successful bioterrorist in human history. He's a murderer in the first degree, quote. <laughs> this is fantastic from the good people of Salon, ladies and gentlemen. Every day he is in office, the political pyromaniac Donald Trump continues to burn the rule of law and democracy. I kind of like that, actually. Because I tend to think like the shine has come off from 2016. He's probably not as hip and as cool and as edgy as he was in 2016. If we could start that trend, let's call him the political pyromaniac. There's a good bumper sticker. We're going to burn it all. Fuck him. He has shown himself to be the most corrupt president in the history of the United States. The most recent example of Trump's unlimited perfidy. Last Friday, in a naked quid pro quo, Donald Trump commuted the sentence of his longtime confidant and advisor, Roger Stone, and haven't they been upset about that, ladies and gentlemen? Hasn't that been beautiful to watch? (laughs) As a way of insulating himself from any future changes related to the Russia scandal or other criminal matters. Future, Future charges from the Russia scandal? Really? What else is there? What else have they got? Def Mech in the chat. Trump is a sick fuck. Couldn't agree more. He's actually the most successful bioterrorist in human history. So at least he's achieved something. At least he's finally getting credit. Aided by Trump and his agents' willful malevolence, negligence and cruelty, the coronavirus pandemic continues to spread across the United States. The country continues its slide towards a second Great Depression. More than 135,000 Americans have now been killed by the coronavirus. Public health experts predict that hundreds of thousands or more may die unless the Trump administration and Republican governors in such states such as Florida and Texas radically alter their public health policies by mandating that masks be worn in public. Isn't this something? In the space of three months, we went from the official line being, don't wear a mask, in fact, don't even buy a mask. There's no need for a mask. There's no need to do anything. Closing the borders is racist. We went from that to now the Republican governors are killing everybody because they're not forcing people to wear masks. Isn't that special? Life comes at you fast in politics, huh? 
It's almost as if the last three months never happened. <laughs> it's almost as if we're waking up every single day and being wiped clean like the, the hosts in Westworld. Just going through our loop over and over and over again. Instead, the Trump administration and its allies have decided that more people, including public school students, their teachers and their families, listen to this quote, should fall ill and die <laughs> as a means of creating a new normal. They're now taking the new normal. Remember, we've been talking about the new normal on this show for months. What is the new normal? Stand in line. Be prepared to have your business shut down whenever you're told, without any room for any kind of appeal. The new normal is having a little bit of freedom and then having it yanked back away from you. The new normal is the normalisation of the surveillance state. Drones flying around above your head. People being harassed out of public spaces by police. Police threatening to throw people in prison for not breaking any law. Mandatory testing, contract ta uh, tracing, contact tracing. Stand on the line if you want to eat. Follow the arrows. Make sure you keep your distance. Can't go to the club. Can't go to the bar. Can't go to the restaurant. 25% capacity only. Closing the borders down. Can we check your papers? This is the new normal. We've been talking about it for months. But now they're using the term the new normal. That quote again. Instead, the Trump administration and its allies have decided that more people, including public school students, their teachers and their families, should fall ill and die as a means of creating a new normal where the disease is no longer viewed as an emergency. How do you like that? I tell you, these people aren't very creative, but they are very good at stealing shit and reapplying it. They're very good at taking somebody else's idea, reworking it, and then pretending like it's theirs. The evident goal is to sacrifice human beings for capitalism. <laughs> We're going to sacrifice human beings for capitalism. Now, I don't claim to be an expert on capitalism. I do claim to be a capitalist at my core, but I don't claim to be an expert on capitalism. I would have thought that killing human beings, you know, the people who actually buy stuff would kind of run counter to the whole object of capitalism in fact one of the gripes i have with capitalists in power is that they propagate things like mass immigration and live under the illusion that each economy should exist in a state of perpetual growth and in order to maintain that perpetual growth to keep the stock market climbing to keep consumer confidence high to keep inflation down they need to continually keep bringing in more consumers year after year after year after year i don't like that perpetual growth isn't supposed to be part of capitalism there's supposed to be bubbles there's supposed to be expansions and contractions not perpetual growth year after year after year that's an illusion that's a myth that's false growth it's not real it's fueled by debt mass immigration but here we are in the new normal, the new reality, ladies and gentlemen. The evident goal is to sacrifice human beings for capitalism. <laughs> See, this is why I love Salon. This is why I read Salon. This is why it's my favourite publication. 
In total, the United States in the age of Trump and the coronavirus pandemic is a global pariah. Ultimately, Donald Trump's fascism, his apparent mental pathologies, and his sabotaged response to the coronavirus are not discrete and separate things. Rather, they are all connected, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. John Gartner, and like I said, doctors are known for being very rational, very reasonable, non-hyperbolic agents of common sense in society. (laughs) Dr. John Gartner, whom I have interviewed on several past occasions, is a psychologist, psychoanalyst, and former professor at the Johns Hopkins Universal Medical School. Gardner is also the founder of the Duty to Warn PAC, an organization working to raise awareness about the danger to the United States and the world posed by Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Gardner is a contributor to the 2017 bestseller, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. 27 psychiatrists and the mental health experts assess a president. Oh, that, that one. Yeah, loved it. Great book and is featured in the upcoming documentary, Unfit, The Psychology of Donald Trump. There's a lot of psychoanalysis that goes on with this guy, isn't there? I'm always wary of people who tell you that you're wrong because of how you're thinking. You know what I mean? People who tell you that your opinion or your argument is not actually an opinion or an argument, but rather the manifestation of some kind of deep-seated and debased pathology. Like a crime of the mind, a mind virus. And if only we could re-educate you, if only we could construct new pathways in your brain, then you would no longer have this pathology based in hatred or oppression or some kind of fear more than anything else, right? Actually, I have, a new, I have many arguments against mass immigration. Well, yes, of course you would think that way, but you're really just pathologizing current events, you see, because all of your, what you think are opinions and arguments are actually just hate. <laughs> They're just fear, right? Always wary of these kinds of people. In our latest conversation, Gartner warns that Donald Trump is actively using the coronavirus pandemic as a type of biological weapon against the American people. Yes! He's a terrorist. Maybe we can put him in Gitmo. (laughs) Can, Can somebody explain to me why we're allowed to run people off Twitter and run people off YouTube and delete Facebook accounts when they say that the COVID-19 is a biological weapon constructed by the Chinese. They have to be done away with. We've got to get rid of that kind of dangerous conspiracy theory and misinformation, ladies and gentlemen. It's awful. It can't be allowed to permeate in society. Have to do away with it. But when, but when a publication like this, a doctor of all people, comes out and says that Donald Trump is using the coronavirus as a biological weapon to sacrifice American citizens in order to fuel capitalism because of racism. Nah, that's fine. That's perfectly reasonable. Didn't you hear? He's got a book coming out. (laughs) He's in a documentary. (laughs) Okay. To be fair... I, I kind of want to read more now. <laughs> I kind of want to read what else this wacky bastard's got to say. Gardner also explains how Donald Trump, 
like other malignant narcissists who attain great power, is willing to hurt and even kill his own followers as a way of satisfying his personal sadism and need for narcissistic energy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear that? All you Donald Trump supporters out there. Don't you don't you see what's happening here? <laughs> You're being sacrificed for the for the cause of dragon energy. <laughs> Again, this is why I love Stallone. They're very creative. <laughs> Fascist dippy in the chat. Wow. <laughs> Do you want to hear it again? Gartner. The doctor. Remember, doctors are very reasonable people. (laughs) Gartner also explains how Donald Trump, like other malignant narcissists who attain great power, is willing to hurt and even kill his own followers (laughs) as a way of satisfying his personal sadism. and need for narcissistic energy (laughs) he's killing see when he sacrifices a boomer in a red hat he actually consumes the energy he consumes their life force and becomes more powerful you know i've been flicking through these medical journals i can't find where this is narcissistic energy minister of fun kimmy with the diamond says how many to be sacrificed in the oven of capital good question You know, I've been flicking through these John Hopkins diaries and these medical journals and these medical textbooks. I've been looking for the the sadist narcissistic ruler who sacrifices people to feed on narcissistic energy, and I can't find anything about it. Perryverse with a diamond. Good morning from the PRV. Well, thank you for joining us. The People's Democratic Republic of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen. The Perryverse. Gardner also explains that Donald Trump supporters are members of a political death cult. (laughs) It just keeps getting better. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, doctors are very reasonable people. Doctors are highly trained, reasonable people with common sense, rationality, objectivity. They don't deal in fear-mongering. <laughs> Dr. Gartner explains that Donald Trump supporters are members of a political death cult in which not wearing a mask and refusing other rational me- measures to stop the coronavirus pandemics are acts of loyalty and love to their personal saviour and great leader, ladies and gentlemen. I told you this was going to be good. <laughs> oh, hello. 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 We've got a bit of audio. We've got a bit of audio here. Well, I had no idea. <laughs> Winning TV. Wait, this should make them happy. Less racist. Exactly. Kill off the racist. Let's have a look here. I didn't know there was an audio clip here. Let's have a little listen to the good doctor, shall we? Since we're on the topic, I've received a good number of emails from you good folks asking me, hey, Chauncey, 
Does the Truth Report have a Patreon? I really enjoy the show. I look forward to the seems like a natural extension. As you'll see over at Patreon, over at the Truth Report podcast, okay. over at Patreon. Let's get to the doctor. writer for the online news magazine with Chauncey DeVega. Of duty to warn, an organization working to raise a world Trump, 27 psychiatrists okay. and mental support. Dr. Gartner warns that Donald Trump is actively using the coronavirus pandemic as a type of biological weapon <laughs> against the American people. <laughs> They're actually saying it. Hey, the piano thing's my bit, Chauncey. Come on. Children to school to die. Where do we start? One of the recurring themes has been our comparison of Trump to Hitler and other malignant leaders. Like- <laughs> we're, straight, we're straight out of the blocks. We're straight. The first, the first words out of his mouth are comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. So you know it's going to be good. Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's a doctor. Trust the doctors. The doctors are the reasonable, highly educated protectors of life. Again, another quote from the doctor, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump, like other malignant narcissists who attain great power, is willing to hurt and even kill his own followers as a way of satisfying his personal sadism and his need for narcissistic energy. Gartner also explains that Donald Trump supporters are members are members of a political death cult. <laughs> so I want to hear this very reasonable man give us this Give us the fucking hot goss, mate. I joke. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond bug eaters. Like- <laughs> Jim Edward in the chat. Why won't these people just listen to science? <laughs> Don't you see? He's killing his own supporters so he can feed on their narcissistic energy. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's do this. At this point, we're really at the end game. We're really getting closer and closer to the bunker. And I mean that in a very specific way. Oh, we have to play that again. He's not just in contact. So even children to school. Okay, so we open up with a Hitler reference. Remember that. And then he says, we're getting closer and closer to the bunker. And I mean that in a very specific way. Obviously, oh, you mean the Hitler way, right? To die. Where do we start? One of the recurring themes has been our comparison of Trump to Hitler and other malignant leaders like Hitler. And I feel like at this point, we're really at the end game. We're really getting closer and closer to the bunker. And I mean that in a very specific way. Growing up is just a trap. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I trust the doctors, ladies and gentlemen. I trust the doctors who have, like, all the education. They're the ones who should be running society. They're the reasonable people, the objective people, the factual people, the common sense people, ladies and gentlemen. Good comment in the chat from Kimmy. I'm so glad they've quit trying to scare everyone. <laughs> this is not fear-mongering. This is truth. Come on now. He's not just incompetent. He's not just delusional. He's not just narcissistic and doesn't care. Uh This is intentional. This is malevolent. Uh He is a first degree mass murderer. (laughs) 
Murder in the first degree. I accuse Donald Trump of murder in the first degree. <laughs> this is so good. This is a plan. A plan. I'm a great believer in that principle. Trust the plan, ladies and gentlemen. Trust the plan. It's murder in the first degree. <laughs> You're all going to die. Well, Occam's razor. It's a very important principle in science. It's the simplest explanation. That you, you think this is the simplest explanation? That Donald Trump is a first-degree murderer and the world's most successful bioterrorist who wants to sacrifice his own supporters in order to feed on their narcissistic energy? You think this is the most obvious answer? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, just because you say Occam's razor doesn't mean this fucking ridiculous shit that you're spewing out conforms to that theory. <laughs> He's a narcissistic bio... He's a sadistic bioterrorist. His supporters are members of a death cult and he needs to sacrifice them in order to feed on their narcissistic energy. Have you ever heard of Occam's Racer? It's the simplest explanation is more often than not the correct one. Okay, so great. Let's keep looking for it then. <laughs> because that... Whatever that is... That ain't it. It's usually the right one. And another way of putting it is if there's one explanation that explains all the data, that's the right explanation. He disbanded the pandemic task force. First, he said it wasn't even going to cross our shores. Then he didn't ramp up testing. Then he didn't use the Defense Production Act to ramp up testing. Then he said slow down the mm -hmm. testing. Then he withdrew funding for testing. He didn't do anything for PPE. First, he said it's the governor's problem to deal with it. And then he worked against the governors to try to create some grassroots or astroturf movement to open up the economy. He was against masks, what? which is the simplest, cheapest, and most efficient way to keep us from spreading the virus. If we all wore masks... <sighs> okay, but in the beginning you said, don't close the borders, that's racist. Go and suck a Chinese man's dick in New York City and don't wear masks because wearing masks won't do anything. We, we aren't goldfish. We remember... Winning TV with the diamond, perhaps the greatest mass murderer of all time. You know, it's, you know, we're going to be murdering so many people. It's going to be great. Lots of murder, piles of bodies. We're going to have piles of bodies. The pile of bodies just got ten feet taller, ladies and gentlemen. We can all go back to work. The way he's doing it is to open the floodgates. He's having mass gatherings, so he's doing everything he can to enable the virus. But when you get to the Occam's Razor explanation, well. He the president of the United States to be the most successful bioterrorist in human history. <laughs> you heard the doctor, ladies and gentlemen. You heard him. The simplest explanation is that Donald Trump is the most successful bioterrorist in human history. His supporters are members of a political death cult. He needs to sacrifice them in order to feed on narcissistic energy. That's the most simple explanation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Doctors. They know they knows what they's doing. I tell you what. Um so the doctors, I guess, are on the right track, you know what I mean? They're on the right track when it comes to coronavirus and all of the little regulations and stuff that they come up with. So I thought we'd check in on the ground, see how things are working. Let's go to New York for this story. Rats. <laughs> lady lady of Diamond Gypsy. Where did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? 
Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Perhaps he's trying to catch up with Hitler. Well, he's got some work to do. He's got some work to do. Donald Trump did nothing wrong. <laughs> because the doctor's regulations, because following the doctor's advice down to down to the absolute T is obviously the best, most rational and sane thing to do, I thought we'd check in on the ground where the doctors have been holding sway. New York City, ladies and gentlemen, rats plague outdoor seating at New York City restaurants. There's nothing unhealthy about having a rat drag its nuts across your dinner plate <laughs> while you're sitting down for a nice lunch in New York City. Let's have a look. Well, overcrowding is not the only problem for struggling restaurants. There's unstable weather. And how about this, Natalie? Rats. <laughs> Rats. JJ Stoner in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Follow JJ Stoner. He may be going to hospital. He may not be. We don't know. We simply don't know. Yikes. News for Adam Hardy. So Yikes, guys. Where a growing number of diners are losing their appetites. Mm. It's the kind of part. Ah, douche guitar. Ah, oh, God. Give me the rats. just want to sit and play music in or maybe try your hand at some skateboarding yeah. father fagan park is inviting <laughs> but apparently not just to you and i i've seen a number of rats go from there to there uh it's a go the vampires got their quota ladies and gentlemen send some good vibes into the universe for jj going in for surgery tomorrow minor surgery but you never know <laughs> i'm just i just fucking with you God, but nothing better happen to the fucking guy now. Otherwise, I'll be guilty for at least a day. <laughs> Unfavorite boomer with a diamond. The rats got out of the kitchen. So, well, see, here's the situation, right? The doctors went around to all the restaurants and they said, you can't serve food inside because it's too unsafe. It's too unhealthy, right? And New York being New York, then restaurateurs being restaurateurs. <laughs> JJ Stoner, nice knowing you all. Follow JJ, dlife.tv slash JJ Stoner. He's going to be taking a little break, kicking back, playing some video games. Very envious. <laughs> so the people are taking the doctor's advice. Okay, we better not eat inside because it's too unsafe. It's too risky. We might get sick. So we can only serve food outside in the street. Great idea, sir. You're a genius. You're a visionary. So now that they're only serving food outside on the street, there's a plague of rats sweeping the city. <laughs> now you got to put up with the rats. It's fucking great, isn't it? <laughs> because it's so much safer. So much safer. Yeah. Yes, rats. Rats. A small park with a big problem. These are the holes they're digging. <laughs> oh, yeah, that big. With a tail that big. They sound downright creepy. And as restaurants near. Downright creepy. See the minimization of the rat problem? Rats. They're making. They're trying to make it like kind of quirky and funny. Oh, they're downright creepy. Because anything's better than sitting inside a restaurant and having a pleasant dinner. You know what I mean? That's the real dangerous part. Sure, there's rats now biting people. I mean, the rats were responsible for the Black Death. <laughs> Don't worry about the rats. They're fine. 
So we've traded in coronavirus for the rats. Okay, well, at least people aren't getting coronavirus. Now we have the rats instead. Weren't the rats responsible for the spreading of the Black Death, the plague? Yes, yes, but at least it's not coronavirus. <laughs> These people are geniuses. Nearby can't allow diners inside. They're relying on the outside space staying clean. That restaurant there, these restaurants here, that's a big deal. A lot of people uh, stop at the park, they eat a sandwich. Uh. Giacomo Romano has been in business here seven years. He's now appealing to city leaders for help in a letter outlining the park's sanitation problem. We had like this big limitation of like just only outdoor seating. And here's the thing. We first showed you these rats back in late 2018. A year and a half later, their timing couldn't be worse. If they know every month they need the determination, do it. Pasquale Jacob just reopened his barber shop last week, closed for months because of COVID. He is just fed up. I mean, I He is just fed up. They eat a sandwich. He don't have the help from the state or nobody for loan or whatever, at least they can do cleaning the street and do something for all the money the tax we paying for. We've all the money. You take all the money, but you don't do nothing about the fucking rat problem. You motherfucker, you marigoon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for keeping people safe. <clears throat> Health experts of the world. If the coronavirus don't get you, then the rats certainly will. Isn't it fucking great? Uh, let's get back to Donald Trump. Not only is the the biggest bioterrorist, the most successful bioterrorist in human history, we've learned earlier this morning. Let me bring you down here for a little bit of Australian breakfast television, which I can assure you is just as good as you imagine it. <laughs> which is just as good and entertaining as your dreams have led you to believe. So let's have a look here at the big the big story, the biggest story lately trending on Australian breakfast TV, ladies and gentlemen, and it's got to do with your president, Mr. Donald Trump. Let's have a look. Donald Trump regularly Come on now. finds himself under fire for controversial comments, but mm. one remark has been described as hurtful even hurtful. by his own staff. Hurtful. Amongst those left outraged is our next guest, the daughter of acting legend... Outrage. We love outrage on this program. Bruce Lee. Shannon Lee says the president's joke about kung fu is racist and will put people at risk. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> they dug up Bruce Lee's daughter. <laughs> They've dug up Bruce Lee's daughter. And Bruce Lee's daughter, you have to listen to her. She is the daughter of the kung fu guy. <laughs> Donald Trump's remark about Kung Flu is putting people at risk. I don't know how, and I don't know why. I thought being such a successful bioterrorist, I mean, is he trying, is he just trying to kill everyone at this point? Let's hear from Bruce Lee's fucking unknown daughter for some reason. It's the daughter of <laughs> Exactly, Iceman didn't even know he had a daughter. <laughs> Bruce Lee's daughter. Don't you want to hear what she has to say? Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Bruce should have kung flued her face. Well, that's not very nice. That's not very nice, is it? 
acting legend Bruce Lee. Shannon Lee says the president's joke about kung fu is racist <laughs> and will put people at risk. He's one of the greatest martial arts actors of all time. Yeah, and she's not. <laughs> She's practically a nobody. <laughs> it's racist and offensive, and it's putting people at risk. <laughs> okay. All right. If you say so. Ching, chong, chong, chong. What? Nothing. <laughs> if you say so. No, 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 no. What was that? Nothing. I didn't say anything. I was coughing. Chinaman. <laughs> Now, the Kung Fu legend's family are the ones fighting. They say everything Bruce Lee stood for is under attack after this comment from President Trump. <laughs> well, if every <laughs> if everything that Bruce Lee stood for is now under attack because Donald Trump said Kung Flu, then he mustn't have much. He mustn't have stood for much. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to put that. Everything that my dad, everything that my dead daddy did is now at risk because Donald Trump said Kung Flu during a rally. Well, what? He mustn't have done anything then. Oh, it's all going to end. It's all going to come crashing down. <laughs> what did he have that was worth saving then? For is under attack after this comment from President Trump. It's a disease, without question, has more names than any disease in history. I can name Kung Flu. I can name 19 different versions of names. It's caused outrage. Outrage. Particularly for outrage. <laughs> I love outrage. I don't care anymore. If you find yourself getting outraged at somebody else's outrage, uh, you know, good luck to you, I guess. I, I don't have the heart for it anymore. I cannot, I cannot get angry at outrage anymore. I've been over the mountain, I've been over the peak, and I'm now tumbling down the other side at a thousand miles an hour, crashing into the valley. Big fan of outrage. <laughs> Your outrage brings me joy. Your anger brings me it brings me sunshine. Some may call it Schadenfreude. Okay, I call it Schadenfreude too. Whatever. <laughs> yes, I am taking pleasure in your misfortune. Yes, I'm taking pleasure in your pain. Yes, your misery brings me happiness. I'm sorry. I wish I could do something about it. But there's only three options. One, I share in your outrage. I'm not going to fucking do that because my heart wouldn't be in it. You wouldn't want that. Two, I get outraged by your outrage. And again, again I, I got to say, I don't have the ticker for that anymore. Can't do it, man. I am outraged out. Or three, I find it amusing and hilarious because of how silly you are. That's, that's the only option we have. It's the only option I have now. He's destroying everything my daddy built. <laughs> okay. Fucking beautiful. I hope we get an interview with this chick. I want to hear more. For Bruce Lee's own daughter, Shannon Lee, who's branded it racist. Racist. Saying Kung Flu. It's racist. 
Good. Who is in some ways similar to someone sticking their fingers in the corner of their eyes and pulling them out to represent an Asian person. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> it's the same thing as that. Come on now. Saying Kung Flu is in some ways similar to someone sticking their fingers in the corners of their eyes and pulling them out to represent an Asian person. Well... <laughs> I mean, kicking a football is in some ways like um, engaging in extreme BDSM, right? Kicking a football is in some ways like putting a ball gag in your mouth and having sex in a dark alley, right? Getting fucked by a security guard. It's like that. It's just, it's in some ways similar to that. In some ways. <laughs> in other ways, it's nothing like that at all. <laughs> I guess it all depends on your perspective. And whether or not, oh, hi, hi, hi. It all depends on your perspective, I suspect. It's very difficult to keep up with these people. She said... There was an outcry on Twitter too. An outcry. This man saying Trump's com Well, if there was bound if there was to be an outcry, I'm glad that it was on Twitter it was on Twitter. <clears throat> this man <laughs> They didn't even use his name. What are you racist? Comment is stupid, racist, and part of the reason he's losing this election. Okay. There was no apology from America's president. In fact, he's gone on to say it again. Oh, how dare he? And Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon Lee, joins us now from Los Angeles. Shannon, welcome. We got Shannon on the show. All right. Fucking strap in. <laughs> this, ought to, this ought to be good. We've got, we've got Shannon Lee on the show. Let's have a look at this. I'm sure this is going to be fantastic. Welcome to Sunrise. You know, like, because after... After the break, I'm going to play a video, and it's it, like I said in the in the in the opening of the show, right? We're talking about what parents do when they discover that their children have become alt right, and how awful that is, and how 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 terrified they are. I haven't watched the video yet, but you know the horror that a, a parent must feel when their child sits down at the kitchen table and says, "Mum, Dad, I think I'm a right winger." <laughs> And I'm just wonder where does that come from? Where do we get this from? Where does this idea manifest from? Why does a comment like this cut deep for you and your family? Cut deep. It's cut so deep. I think there are uh, there's more than one reason. One uh, is, of course, that you know, as a martial artist, uh, kung fu is a time honored, centuries old tradition. So what? Too bad. Fuck you. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you going to do about it? Hit me? <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. My famous dad is why I'm here. I know Riker Donald. That requires discipline and hard work and is very meaningful in that regard. But separate. And Nobody cares. Good, good for you, sweetheart. Good for you. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody not doing kung fu cares. We're not going to... Everybody's got something they care about. 
Soon the Stamp Collectors Union will be saying, you can't make jokes about collecting stamps. Collecting stamps has been happening for a hundred years. It requires discipline and hard work and research. <laughs> Fuck off, who cares? <laughs> Minister of Fun with the Diamond, my, my kids think I'm alt-right. Any advice for them? Oh, don't worry, we'll get to that. Let's not jump ahead here. And more importantly, you know, my father was, among other things, a humanitarian. He didn't say anything about Bruce fucking Lee. I wish he did now. I wish he called it Kung Flu and then came out and said, and by the way, what if your dad's so good, how come he's dead? <laughs> if your dad was so if your dad was so good at Kung Fu, how come he's fucking dead? Huh? How do you like that, bitch? I wish he said that now. Just to spite you. <laughs> Yeah, Kung Fu's really good. How come a gun with no bullets in it can beat it? <laughs> if he's so good, how come he's fucking dead now? Huh? Huh? What are you going to do about that, huh? You going to hit me or something? And he believed in unity and um, treating... <laughs> Give me in the chat. I prefer martial artists who don't get killed. <laughs> all people the same. And these comments are uh, making uh, people have more anti-Asian uh, attacks and sentiments out in the public. And it's <sighs> Well, at least she's not an airhead. It's making people unsafe. Shannon, uh, Trump... It's making people unsafe. Well, maybe they should take up Kung Fu. Hey, <laughs> You should be happy. The more unsafe people feel, the more people will be doing Kung Fu. And the more people that do Kung Fu, the more you can kick the ass of the people who say Kung Fu. See how the universe is turning around? If only you could see... But you've got those squinty little eyes. <laughs> hey, come on. If only you could see how this is all working out in your favour. If only you could see how this is all turning towards you. How it's warming up to you. The more unsafe people feel, the more they'll want to learn Kung Flu. Trump's given the virus other names that we won't repeat. If you could sit down with the president, oh. what would you say to him? Other names we won't repeat because they're so offensive. For they're too offensive for breakfast television. You know, the kids are eating cereal. We don't want to upset the children before school. <laughs> what did she? Did he just say, what advice would you give the president? Everyone wants to give this guy advice, don't they? Shannon, uh, Trump's given the virus other names that we won't repeat. If you uh, what, what other names are there? I can't think. What other names has he have he has he called the virus, which are too grotesque and too offensive to repeat? Ching Chong Bing Bong Death Cough? I don't know. <laughs> Is that one of them? Yellow Fever? <clears throat> the Chink Stink? I don't know. You tell me. I can't think of one. What else is there? You could sit down with the president. What would you say to him? The Asian flavor. <laughs> what would you say to him if you could you sit know, down with him? I, I think I would just try to express myself, honestly. I, oh, I think I would try to tell him uh, why it's irresponsible uh, to speak in this manner. Um, I don't know that I would be heard, but if I had the opportunity, <laughs> I would try. Exactly like I hoped for. We've got some suggestions coming in for a new name for the COVID virus in the chat. 
<laughs> what have we got here? Uh, the slant eyed sneezed. Sneeze, the click clack coof coof. I like that. The pork fried rice, spring spring rolls. <laughs> the Shanghai shivers. Very good. Pork fried flu. Yes, now we're getting where. Now we're getting somewhere. The ching chong bing bong. The ching chong bing bong. You live no long. <laughs> not long. How about that? Ching chong bing bong. You live not long. Virus. Dry. Bruce Lee, your father, is cherished and loved by generations of people. This month marks 47 years since his death. What do you hold most dear about him? My father was just this uh, really... She kind of looks like Asian Jennifer Tilly. ...dynamic... Fu Wong Viva. ...amazing uh, man who really uh, excited people. Ku Klux Flu, I like that. ...and showed them what was possible in human form in a way that hasn't been duplicated. And he has inspired people not just with his awesome martial arts... I don't know, Jackie Chan's pretty good and he's funnier too. Jackie Chan's funnier, way funnier. What's up, my nigga? Remember that? <laughs> Remember that from the show? From the movie? Oh, what's up, uh, my nigga? Yeah, damn! Damn! You can't say shit like that, motherfucker! Hey, damn! What? Well, what's up, uh, my nigga? <laughs> Whoa! Who? Kuka! What good for? Absolutely nothing. So much funnier than Bruce Lee. Yes, and a good point in the chat from Kitty B. Also, Jackie Chan is also still alive. <laughs> he wins on both counts. Starts action, but his philosophy as well. He's way cooler. Alive people are way cooler than dead people. All right. Well, Shannon, thank you for your time. Uh, it's, it's great to chat. Thank you for your time. It was fucking dynamite. Thanks, Shannon. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Again, we're just trying to figure out why young kids, why young boys would be turning to the alt-right. I'm trying to build up a bit of a baseline here for you. Because in the second half of the show, we're going to explore this problem. We're going to explore the, the heartfelt, the disgusting, the awful, the raw emotions. Jet Lee's pretty good too. Yeah, fucking don't forget about Jet Lee. Don't sleep on him. He's good. Now fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Now fuck off. <laughs> fuck off the television. <clears throat> no one cares. So <laughs> we're just trying to establish a baseline of why Why is it? Because I'm, I'm confused. I don't know why younger generations of people would be turning to the alt-right. Who knew? I don't know why. It's not something, it's certainly not something we endorse here on this program. On this program, we are woke, we are progressive. This is your safe space. So let's let's carry on with the theme here, building up a baseline. Saw this story last week and I loved it. ABC revives the wonder years with black family at the center. <laughs> what would you do if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out just like that baby mama daddy did? Lend me your ears and I'll sing your song. I will say to you, I can't breathe. Oh, I get by. Because well, we want to be realistic. ABC is rebooting The Wonder Years, a beloved coming-of-age sitcom about the US middle class, 
Only this time it will tell the story of a black family in Alabama. Is Winnie Cooper going to be a stripper? <laughs> I hope so. I want Winnie Cooper to be a crack addict stripper in Alabama. I'll fucking watch it. I don't care. Become my new favorite program. <laughs> Winnie Cooper gets knocked up by the age of 15. <laughs> That's my older brother. He's such a dick. He's always trying to get me to steal cars. It was at that moment that I realized that I was not a boy anymore. When I got my girlfriend pregnant and she drowned the baby in the backyard swimming pool, I realized... <laughs> All right, I gotta stop. Empire co-creator Lee Daniels is, is executive producing the project alongside Fred Savage. Savage Fred. It actually says Savage Fred on his payslip. The star of the original series, which debuted in 1988. That's a lifetime ago, isn't it? Neil Marlins, who created The Wonder Years, will serve as consultant. ABC has only committed to produce a pilot of the show, which means it may never get on the air. Big commitment from ABC. A big commitment. Big commitment from ABC to produce a remake of The Wonder Years starring a black family in Alabama. We are committing to doing one pilot which may never be seen by anyone. <laughs> Thank you, ABC. You certainly are the wokest. The wokest of the woke. How about this? We need to, I think we need to address these kinds of things. <clears throat> you know, because it's all well and good to have a little fun and have a little laugh, but I think you're not taking it seriously. Who here is into yoga? Now, I know <clears throat> a couple of years ago, people were talking about yoga as like some kind of uh, cultural appropriation from the subcontinent, like the Indians and the Pakistanis. They do yoga, so you can't, you see. That's an Indian cultural practice. How dare you, disgusting white person, do yoga? <clears throat> well, this got sent to me by Ben K. Veritas. Undoing whiteness. <laughs> this is a yoga course designed to address white supremacy. Imagine the delicious irony of it. Yoga itself is deemed white supremacy by people. How do we get around this? I know. Let's do a yoga class where we unlearn being white supremacists. That way we get two paychecks. Monica in the chat, so progressive of them. Have a listen to this. Are you a white person wanting to unpack the harmful ways white supremacy is embedded in your body? In my body. It's, <laughs> white supremacy entered my body in the same size as my body. <laughs> <clears throat> mind, body, mind, and heart. White supremacy is in your body, mind, and heart. Are you looking for an embodied approach to racial and social justice? Are you craving a spiritual community where oppression and privilege can be addressed with compassion and honesty? God, yes. Fuck yeah. Been waiting my whole life for this. This awareness building exploration is for white people to begin or continue the work of looking into the ways whiteness is conditioned within us, as well as committing to an action we want to bring out in the world supporting 
racial justice, ladies and gentlemen. In this class, we will, quote, have a discussion around the pathology of whiteness and how contemplative practices can be supportive tools to navigate looking at our conditioning with fierce compassion, angry compassion. Practice tools of embodiment to understand how this lives not only in our psyches, but also in our physical bodies. Practice tools of embodiment to understand how this lives. Oh, pardon me. Meditate to understand how the mind is affected by whiteness. (laughs) Do you want to learn how your mind is affected by whiteness, ladies and gentlemen? Don't you think this is something that needs to be undone? Your brain... And who knew that stretching and bending over at certain angles and putting your legs behind your head would be enough to rewire your brain away from the whiteness that it has had that it has enjoyed for so long. Meditate to understand how the mind is affected by whiteness as well as how the mind can be a tool to counteract whiteness with awareness and humanity. Share an action we plan to commit on in order to support our desire for racial justice in our communities, ladies and gentlemen. Why undoing whiteness? There's been a call for white people to name our whiteness for decades now. Name your whiteness. Hmm, good good theory. I wonder, what would I name my whiteness? I don't know. I know. I'm gonna name I'm going to name my whiteness Steve McQueen. <laughs> Why not? Plenty of good names out there. And this is an opportunity for white folks, there's that word again, folks, that we love on this show, to face our socialization under white supremacy and how it shows up in the body, mind, emotions, relationships, and all social systems. Facing whiteness is about being in process with the implicit and explicit norms that maintain white supremacy And this exploration is to discover and bring awareness to how those norms operate within and around us. Interrogating whiteness means we no longer hide from the conditioning of whiteness. How many times can you mention whiteness in one paragraph? Original Revolution's going to name his whiteness John Wayne. (laughs) Good name. Who am I accountable to? This is the question. I am accountable to my mentors of colour and white anti-racist guides because you'll see you'll have guides there. There will be people of colour teaching the anti-whiteness course as well as white people who are there to teach about how you can be a white person but be anti-white too, you see. Because we believe in diversity. My approach is informed and inspired by Bell Hooks, Adrian Mari Brown... Ijwima Ulo, I don't know who that is, Robin D'Angelo, and personal friends and colleagues, both white and people of colour. I also work directly with Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, Lasita Nito, and Shelley Toshluck. I, I have no idea who any of these people are. I will continue to learn for the rest of my life. So you have to feel, you have to do this for the rest of your fucking life. God, sounds exhausting. Nephilim Ninja in the chat. I'm going to call my whiteness Walter Whiteness. Very good. Is this a safe space for white people? Good. So is this, this is the question. 
and frequently asked questions. Is this a safe space for white people? The answer, this is not a safe space or a brave space. This is a bold space. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with the classifications. I can't keep up with these people. And by these people, of course, I mean Nazis. Disgusting yoga Nazis. And a space to be challenged to find your edges. I cannot and do not guarantee comfort. Well, that's a relief. Can people of colour attend? Everyone is welcome. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of black people are turning up the turning up to the how can I be less white yoga class. Why are you doing this work in a gentrifying neighbourhood, ladies and gentlemen? So if you're not aware of what gentrification is, gentrification is the process of white people moving into uh, formerly majority minority occupied areas, which were of lower socioeconomic backgrounds. As the CBDs in the cities expand, people with uh, good jobs in the CBD and, you know, the, the real estate prices of the areas around the CBD, which used to be poor working class areas, now start going up. And they start putting in like little cafes and little dance studios and little salons and little vegan fucking restaurants and shit like that. Little growers markets. And then all of the white people who work in the white collar jobs in the CBD start moving into these areas. And that's called gentrification. Now, you may or may not be aware of this. But the transformation of a lower socioeconomic neighborhood into a higher socioeconomic neighborhood is not just known as gentrification, it's also known as white supremacy. I shit you not. I'm not even joking. That's that's white supremacy in action. So in the frequently asked questions, we get, why are you doing this work in a gentrifying neighborhood? Gentrification is one of the most destructive ways white supremacy is currently operating. very destructive going from a poor working class area into a rich clean upper middle class area is white supremacy i can't imagine why all these kids are turning to the alt-right can't imagine why that would be the case <clears throat> to clear my throat here it's a mystery to me here is a list of ways white people like me can work towards repair. Number one, support POC-owned businesses. Okay, that's fine. I support businesses that I like that treat me well and have good products, but you do what you, you do you. Get to know, this is number two on the list, get to know people of colour in the neighbourhood. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine walking around your suburb randomly trying to approach black people and starting a conversation. Hi, hi, my name's Boogie. My name's Boogie Moonbeam. I teach the whiteness yoga class down at the rec center on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm taking it upon myself to get to know black people in the community so I can reach out and understand and help erase the white supremacist gentrification of this area that I now live in. You almost deserve to be mugged, don't you? You deserve to be shot. Hello, black people. Hi. Hi, my name's Boogie Stardust, and uh, I run the vegan cafe, and I'm taking it upon myself to get to know black people in the community. 
<laughs> Yo, nigga, give me a wallet. <laughs> you ain't black. <laughs> Kitty Vina chat. Most black people will find that creepy. Most people, full stop, will find that creepy. Have you ever had a stranger come up to you and say, I'm just trying to get to know people in the neighborhood? I would be like, nah, too clingy, too needy. <laughs> get the fuck away from me. I would be like, what do you want? <laughs> what are you selling? <laughs> These people are idiots. Unfavorite boom with the diamond. I'm white, but I'm on, I'm on your side. Support POC teachers, support POC caucus space. Do not interrupt or question the need for POC caucus space. Learn about the impacts of gentrification. We already went over that. The impacts of gentrification are there's a new vegan restaurant and a growers market down the road. An organic garden has sprung up. What happened in Chaz, Lazio? What's the first fucking thing they did in Chaz? They started to gentrify it by by setting up an organic garden. <laughs> yeah. The first thing they did in Chaz. Yo, this is a black space. This Chaz is all about standing up to the police brutality and standing with people of colour. Okay, great. What should we do? Um, we should have an organic garden. <laughs> but dude, isn't that gentrification? Shut up, racist! Number seven on the list, offer reparations. So, <laughs> Kitty B... You can, you can be our spokesperson for black people if you wish. <laughs> I need to ask you. What's more creepy? Okay. What's going to be more creepy to you as a young lady in the Western world of Jamaican heritage? One, the hippie who runs the vegan cafe trying to make friends with you on the street for no reason. Or two, the hippie who runs the vegan cafe coming up to you on the street and offering you cash for nothing. <laughs> Which one are you going to be more creeped out by? <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. If you thought the guy coming up to you and saying, hey, do you want to be my friend? If you thought that was confusing, wait until he starts putting a 50 in your pocket. <laughs> here, here, I just think that you deserve this money. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to introduce myself to black people in the community and give them money for uh, reparations. Who the fuck is <laughs> Exactly. I would assume he was trying to pay for sex. <laughs> oh, fuck it, duck. I'm sure this is all helping. I'm sure this is making the world a better place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Bug Eaters, with the diamond. Is this where the reparation payment goes? Yes. Everybody send your reparation diamonds to me, and then I will see to it of, that I will eventually consider giving it to somebody somewhere, somehow, in some way, shape, or form. Maybe, perhaps, probably not. But send them here first, and then we'll decide from there. I'm not making any commitments. <laughs> Number eight on the chat. Uh, on the chat. Number eight on the list, how we're going to address gentrification. Listen to this fucking ripper. Offer free or low rent. So now I give you, 
Now I give you option number three in the creepiness. Katie Reed with the diamond. Reparation diamond. Thank you so much. You're making the world a better place, Katie. So now I offer you number three. So what's creepier out of all of these three scenarios? Let's everybody, everybody can play this game, all right? Everybody can jump in on this one. <laughs> Minister of Fun Kimmy with the diamond. Sorry for my ancestors. Takes your reparation. <laughs> this 20 will fix it. <laughs> More payments. I'm all good, right? Yeah, you're all right. You're squared up. I take your reparations to the bottle, though, correctly. Now, here's number three on the creepiness list. Number one, the guy who runs the vegan yoga center that wants to eliminate whiteness comes up to you as a black person on the street and just tries to be your friend randomly for no reason with no prompting. That's number one. Option number two, the weird vegan dude who runs the let's get rid of whiteness yoga center comes up to you on the street as a black person and tries to give you money for nothing. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond buggies. Or number three, the weird vegan guy who runs the Let's Eliminate Whiteness Yoga Center comes up to you and tries to give you free board. <laughs> tries to give you free rent. Tries to say, you know what? Don't worry about the rent this month or any month. You can just live in my building for free. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Which is more creepy? They all sound creepy to me. <clears throat> it's a toss up, really. I think you walk away thinking, do I have to blow this guy now <laughs> for the free rent? Want to come live with me? <laughs> just, he just went straight to moving in together. Creepy vegan dude who runs a cafe in a yoga center comes up to you, a black woman on the street and says, hey, do you want to move in? Do you want to move into my building? <laughs> Thank you for the diamond date, no Aisha. Kitty B in the chat. I watch so many mob movies, the killer always comes with a smiling face. No, he's just trying to give you free rent. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, we're over, we're way overdue for the break. So let's quickly um let's quickly do this. Quickly got a couple more items here, and then we'll get to what we want to get to on the other side. Pricey private schools to teach Black Lives Matter classes. This will help with the gentrification problem. Elite private schools are being pressured by Black Lives Matter supporters to include materials on institutional racism in curriculum and student life programs. Black Lives Matter has driven protests against police brutality and earned donations from brand name corporations eager to avoid becoming targets of activists themselves. Prep schools are their next target. A move given momentum through mass protests following the death of George Floyd. Yes, we all know the story. Swaths of private secondary schools have since pronounced support for Black Lives Matter, or at least its principles. That includes, and they run through a whole list of schools there. Schools then apologise to black former or current students. <laughs> the elite, the elite private schools apologising to their current black students. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything you had to go through. <laughs> All while expanding initiatives related to diversity, equity, inclusion, and promoting social justice. Quote, to our black ancients and ancients of color, I see you and I see your pain. I hear you and believe you. 
I am so sorry for what you must be going through. I'm committed to supporting you, said Catherine Windsor, the Miss Porter's head of school. <clears throat> the Dean. Speaking to people of colour living in the ancient world <laughs> thousands of years ago. I hope they hear your apology. I hope she's I hope I hope that he reads this, bro. City of Seattle teaches white employees to undo their whiteness. So this is let's pair this up with the yoga story in bizarre diversity training sessions. For this we have to go to the king of narkiness, ladies and gentlemen, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh no, actually before we go to Tucker Carlson. Um Oh, geez, I'm, I'm tempted to do the break first. Tell you what, we'll go a little long tonight. Seattle conducted a training session for the city's white employees titled Interrupting Internalized Racial Superiority and Whiteness, ladies and gentlemen. Christopher Rufo, a city journal editor, investigated the city's internal agenda through a public records request Rufo found out that Seattle's diversity trainers inform white participants that objectivity, individualism, and intellectualization are all in uh, oh god are all subconscious indications of internalized racial oppression. Ladies and gentlemen, individualism is white supremacy. We've we've made it. We've finally made it. We have made it to peak wokeness. Being, being an individual is the same thing as being a white supremacist. Isn't that fucking good? You see, if you're an individualist, if you're one of these annoying people who says things like, I don't know, for example, an individual is the smallest minority, guess what? You're a Nazi. <laughs> If you view people as individuals before any specific group, you're a white supremacist. Believe it or not. Ain't that fucking grand. This, like everything else we refer to tonight, will be in the show notes. He pointed out the self-defeating contradictions white employees face if they concede to this segregated list of affirmations if a white employee speaks too much, that's imposition or paternalism. If a white employee speaks too little, silence is also violence. <clears throat> don't speak too much. Don't speak not enough. Just ask, just ask a black person when you're allowed to speak, if you could. That would be the best way to do this. <laughs> Look at all of the things which are, uh, which are categorized as internalized racial... <clears throat> superiority, perfectionism, individualism, imposition, arrogance, paternalism, silence is white superiority, is white supremacy, control, violence, comfort, comfort is white supremacy, being comfortable. Yep. Don't you dare be comfortable, you Nazi. Because everybody knows the white supremacists are the most comfortable people in today's world. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance, objectivity, ladies and gentlemen, is white supremacy. Objectivity. 
being objective is being a white supremacist. Wow. This is fantastic. Ben K. Veritas sent this one through. Let me put that link in the chat for you. I think you need to learn this stuff. I think you need to learn about how being objective is the same thing as being a white supremacist. <laughs> so there's the link for you. <clears throat> Enjoy that. Study it. And uh, we'll, we, we will take a quick five-minute break, ladies and gentlemen. And when we return, uh, we're going to get into the most horrible thing that I can imagine any parent experiences. And that's when they discover... And it's a mystery to me how this happens. It's a complete mystery. But when a parent discovers that their child, their little bundle of joy, has turned to the alt-right, I can't imagine the horror. So when we get back after the break, we're going to explore this very, very, very important topic, the mystery that it is, and try to break it down, try to make sense of it, how, how a good boy turns bad on this edition of the Daily Boogie podcast on a Monday night. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note? Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week. So check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. 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 Idiot boogie It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Converted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, all one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. 
Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do this. You just do without the hat. <laughs> so you're not enjoying it? No! <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on D Live. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-well Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, Why Censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school 
Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right on. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. I saw the chat and I saw the I saw the chat in the in the chat room. Yes, if you weren't if you weren't watching uh, the the Sunday night shit show, ladies and gentlemen, last night with Frozen Asian and Spent D and Gang, Joy Pessy, Kitty B, uh, who was who else was on? Major Tom was on. Irrational Times was on for a while. Yes, I sent this through. Apparently, this song broke Spent D. I had no idea. I, I, are we not in favour of safe sex practices? Come on now. This is the Belgian supergroup Deaf Dames Dope. They were huge in Belgium. They couldn't walk down the street in Belgium without being harassed, ladies and gentlemen. Deaf Dames Dope. <laughs> Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. So like I said, uh, it's an important show tonight because we're going to drill down into what matters most. We're going to drill down into the important stuff. And 
we're going to ask the questions that need to be asked. But before we do, because <laughs> I'm just I'm teasing you up beyond all fucking forms of recognition now. Before we do, I just came across this little piece, which I thought was absolutely delicious. So I have to bring this to you. Why would why would people be turning to the alt-right? Now, if anybody's been watching like the clips of Tucker Carlson over like, say, the last 12 months or so, it's pretty clear that he is he's he's starting to get annoyed, you know what I mean? And he's starting to turn down a various down a particular avenue. He's starting to how can I say this? He's starting to display problematic opinions problematic, inappropriate opinions, ladies and gentlemen. Have a look at this from the Washington Post. The GOP's future looks more like Tucker Carlson than Larry Hogan. I would say it's probably too late, but, you know, I I guess I'm some kind of figure. Even if President Trump is defeated on November 3, a probability but not a certainty, don't expect him to cede the political stage willingly. No matter the outcome, it is likely he will continue to tweet and hold rallies. <laughs> Benke Veritas in chat. Good. <laughs> he could even seek the presidency again in 2024 when he would be only a year older than Biden is today. But the jockeying for the post-Trump future of the Republican Party has started. In essence, the question is whether the Republicans will continue speeding at 95 miles per hour down Crazy Street or if they will take a detour onto Sanity Lane. <laughs> his, writing, his writing is so inspired and creative. Will they keep going down Crazy Street or will they detour into Sanity Lane? Did you see that? I wrote that. Wow, Max, that's going right up on the refrigerator. <laughs> Fucking hell. The wide range of possibilities is represented by two potential presidential candidates, Larry Hogan and Tucker Carlson, ladies and gentlemen. Hogan is the anti-Trump. The governor of Maryland supports actions to address global warming and gun control. So he's a Republican that supports gun control. <laughs> okay. He endorses Roe v. Wade. He is a fiscal conservative. He backed the impeachment inquiry into Trump and blasted the process as a sham and a joke because House Republicans were not allowed to call witnesses and Senate Republicans refused to do so. In no small part because of these deviations from Trumpist orthodoxy, I'm sorry, how can be how can be being against gun control be anti-Trump? Genuine question. That's balls to suggest that. If you look at certain executive orders that have been signed, <clears throat> Hogan has an approval rating almost twice as high as Trump's. Really? And that's in a blue state. Hogan flirted with, the pri- with a primary challenge to Trump last year, and now with a new book coming out, he is said to be positioning himself for a presidential run. <clears throat> if Republicans like having a racist TV star in office, they can nominate Carlson to carry on Trump's legacy. Now, remember that previous article we just read, right? Remember all of the things that are white supremacy now. Comfort is white supremacy. Objectivity is white supremacy. Individualism is white supremacy. Carlson has always struck me as uh, a libertarian at heart. 
you may argue and you might say like different things and stuff, but having watched the guy for many years, I mean, he he even wore a fucking bow tie. So, so if you wear a bow tie, that's like, uh, I don't know, that's like hot pink knee-high boots for a slut. You know what I mean? The, the bow tie is the hot pink knee-high boots of the libertarian. You are indicating to the world, this is who I am. Let's get down. Let's party. It's like the hot pink leather knee-high boots and miniskirt of the libertarian community. It means I'm ready to party. This is who I am. Silence is also white supremacy. <clears throat> so I would, th- I would think individualism uh, and objectivity are the two big ones there, which are apparently white supremacy. Which, to be fair, I think Tucker Carlson, that's kind of his MO, right? Listen to this. Carlson's show has become the top-rated program on Fox News and in all cable news, apparently of all time. Not because of his sycophancy toward Trump, it is physically impossible to surpass Sean Hannity in that regard, absolutely. Carlson's rating success is directly attributable to his willingness to be even more offensive than his colleagues, and on Fox News, that's really saying something. So let's have a look here at Tucker Carlson talking about the story we just mentioned before, the Seattle departments trying to train whiteness out of people. Let's have a look at his take. The the awful, the offensive, the racist, the individualist and objective Tucker Carlson, ladies and gentlemen. It's a weird story. Why does she come back to this country? She had to have known she'd be arrested. She was living abroad. She's got foreign passports, at least one. Probably more going on now. going on here than we know. So here's a thought experiment for you. Oklahoma City is one of the most conservative metro areas in the United States. Donald Trump won almost 60% of the vote there four years ago. Imagine if the conservatives who presumably run local government in Oklahoma City sent an email to every African-American municipal employee telling them to report to a special meeting. Imagine that when those employees arrived, again, black employees only, nobody else allowed, they were informed that the fact they were black was deeply offensive. In fact, it was a kind of crime. And the only way to atone for the sin of their blackness was to apologize for it. Apologize for being born black. And then Tucker, 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 Tucker. How many times have we tried to tell you, stop bringing logic into this? (laughs) Stop trying to be logical, Tucker. You need to stop that shit immediately. I love that Tucker Carlson's now bigger than Sean Hannity. Because I remember, what, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, I when if I played like a Tucker Carlson clip or if I shared a Tucker Carlson clip on Twitter or whatever, I would always get at least a handful of people like hardcore Donald Trump supporters saying, I fucking hate Tucker Carlson. He's anti-Trump. He's not MAGA, right? Shit like that. The usual stuff. He's not MAGA. Fuck him. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. Now that will never happen here. <laughs> That'll never happen here. So I used to get shit like, fuck Tucker Carlson. He's not MAGA. He's anti-Trump. And now I think it's great because Sean Hannity, who is, I can't watch him. It's sick. It's sickly. Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity, the big MAGA fucking, we love Donald Trump. Everything Trump does is great guy is now second place to the guy who, who, who shit, who sucks because he's uh, anti-Trump and anti-MAGA, right? 
Isn't it fucking great? So, <laughs> it makes me laugh. If it doesn't make you laugh, then whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Work to shed all traces of your black identity. Stop spending so much time around your black friends. Stop repeating things your black parents told you growing up. Start admitting out loud that you hate yourself for having black skin. Imagine if that actually happened in this country. What would you think of it? You'd be horrified, obviously. It's completely disgusting. It is immoral to attack people. No, uh, Kimmy's in a chat saying it's a, he missed the joke, a waste of diamond. No, it's not a waste of diamond. It's going to the reparations fund, remember? For how they were born. What are you, some kind of racist, bitch? But it's always immoral. And by the way, it's also illegal. The Justice Department would never tolerate something like that. Civil Rights Division Why not? would shut down the program tonight and would bring criminal charges against the people who ran it. And you would <laughs> Unfavorite boomer in the chat. Hannity is like the kid in seventh grade with a briefcase. <laughs> that's per that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Objectivity is white supremacy, right? Correct. <laughs> Sean Hannity is the kid with the briefcase, and Donald Trump is the teacher. And Sean Hannity every day puts a fucking an apple on Donald on the teacher's desk sits there with his briefcase, and then after, he has lunch with the teacher, right? And he sits there, well, I'm doing MMA now. Hey, do you want to see my gun? You know, I've been shooting and I've been doing some MMA. And the teacher's like, yeah, that's great, Sean. <laughs> that's really good, Sean. You know, Sean, you really are the best student in the whole class. Oh, thank you so much, sir. Thank you, sir. It really means a lot coming from you. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so honored <laughs> that you would call me your, your number one student. Yeah, that's great, Sean. Why don't you go out and play with the other kids? You know, I see all the girls hanging around Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I don't like that guy. I was number one kid in class until he came along. <laughs> Everybody thinks he's so cool because he says edgy things. Anybody can say edgy things. You know, Sean, why don't you get your briefcase and get the fuck out of here, okay? Applaud them as they did that, and we would too. So with that in mind, consider what is happening right now in one of America's most liberal cities, Seattle. Four years ago, Hillary Clinton got 87% of the vote in Seattle. There aren't many places more loyal to the Democratic Party. Recently, the city of Seattle summoned its white employees and only its white employees to a meeting and then informed them that their skin color is a crime. The city called this anti-racism training. Events like it are taking place all over the country right now in schools, local governments, corporations, the military. The city of Seattle named its training session interrupting internalized racial superiority and whiteness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> we need you to attend a mandatory class. We need you to attend a mandatory class called Interrupting Internalized Racial Superiority and Whiteness. <laughs> okay. Oh. <clears throat> look at it. Look at Tucker's face. <laughs> look at his face there. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Chris Rufo of City Journal wants to know... I mean, I can, I can see why the Washington Post would be publishing op-ed pieces talking about how dangerous and racist this is, right? 
the fact of the matter is, if he wasn't um, getting the ratings, then nobody would care. They're, they're, they're making a big deal out of Tucker Carlson trying to say that he's the next Ku Klux Klan leader because he's so popular now. Exactly what went on in a meeting like that. So he filed a public records request. Here's what he found. What white he employees in Seattle were informed that their so-called white qualities were offensive and unacceptable. <coughs> Those qualities are- <laughs> Your white qualities are offensive and unacceptable. Included perfectionism, yeah. objectivity. objectivity. And- I, I fucking knew it. I haven't watched this clip. I knew that he would pick up on objectivity and individualism because that's the kind of guy Tucker is, right? He tries to be objective and he's an individualist. He's a fucking libertarian. Of course he would pick up on those two. Kitty B, that is like saying, uh, hate yourself because you are better than black people. That is even more insulting than just being called a racial slur. Exactly. The bigotry of low expectations, right? Individualism. The employees were told to stop exhibiting these characteristics. And instead, they were ordered to undertake, quote, the work of undoing your own whiteness. In order to achieve that, in order to erase... In order to achieve that, you have to go to yoga. It's the traits they were born with. Which is cultural appropriation. White employees in Seattle were ordered to give up the following. They were ordered to give up comfort. They were ordered to give up spending time with their their family. They were ordered to give up guaranteed physical safety, control over other people and the land. You can't own property, dude. So you can see quite clearly, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, as we lead into our final item for tonight, why this is so horrible. This is disgusting. This is offensive. I came across this item. I haven't watched it yet. I didn't pre-watch it. I haven't watched a second of it. But this is called Mother Talks About Son's Rapid Descent into Far-Right Extremism. And it comes from Channel 4 in England. Now, for my UK brothers and sisters, you already know what kind of garbage is going to be served up. For my American brothers and sisters, when you think of Channel 4, think of CNN. Think of CNN having sex with MSNBC, but with the lights off, not with the lights on. So it's like they're having sex for the first time, but with the lights off. So it's all just touch and you can't really see how disgusting it is. You know what I mean? They can't really be turned off by each other. The touch is enough to, to get them aroused, but they're not getting turned on by any visual cues. That's what Channel 4 is. So let's learn. Let's go on a journey together. Let's hear this poor, poor mother who must have been heartbroken. Mother talks about son's rapid descent into far-right extremism. Let's have a look. Some of the music already. My son got involved in national action back in 2016. (laughs) It's an ideology. Did anybody say, cue the white boomer female with short hair? (laughs) I'm sure she's got bold frame glasses. She's just not wearing them because she's doing her eyelashes. Ah, what a surprise. What a surprise. ...that promotes white supremacy. White supremacy. 
You know, I was thinking about this early today. Again, I haven't watched the clip, but I was just thinking about it. Think of think of this, right? 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the conversations would have been, uh, <laughs> the parents would have been talking about, right, their, say their son coming out as gay to them, okay, and how heartbroken they were and how how shocked they were. How are we going to explain this to the people at the church? Now, the good news is you don't have to worry about all of those systems anymore because that's all white supremacy. That's awful. That's bigoted. That's that's not to be tolerated anymore. Now, <laughs> now look at the programs now. The programs now are the shock and the horror of the parents when the son comes out to them and says that he's voting right wing. <laughs> How will I explain this to the girls at the cafe? How will I explain this to the other girls at the salon? How will I explain this in the teacher's faculty lounge? I'm embarrassed. This is embarrassing. You know, we are we are very progressive parents here, and my son has come out to me as a right-winger. It's, it's the same kind of uh, imposition that you would have seen being discussed 30 years ago when they would do the exact same story in reverse about, like, say, a son coming out as gay to their parents. Oh, you know, I just realised that <clears throat> I just saw that he was taking in all of this uh, homosexual material and he was associating himself with people who are a bad influence. He was going to these clubs at night and it's very shocking. I'm very, I'm deeply hurt by it. I'm embarrassed. I don't know how I'm going to explain this to the congregation at a church, right? Same thing. Well, you know, I realised that my son was mixing with these boys and, you know, getting involved in activism and white supremacist ideas and he was mixing with the wrong crowd and I'm very embarrassed. I'm deeply shocked and hurt. I don't know how I'm going to explain this to, uh, down at the vegan cafe. I really don't. You know, it, it's really hurt our standing in the community. Isn't it funny? That's all it took to overturn tolerance. Again, I'll recommend, as recommended reading on this program, ladies and gentlemen, read the famous essay by Herbert Marcuse called Repressive Tolerance. It explains all this. It explains everything. And yes, I know the fallacy of pointing to one particular piece of material and saying this explains everything, but in that case, in that, in that uh, dichotomy I just pointed out for you, that comparison, it literally does explain it how to do it and why we should do it and what it means for the future. I believe the the logic being used was if we cut off the head of the bourgeoisie, they'll never be able to regrow and continue to enforce their social norms. And now, who is the bourgeoisie, ladies and gentlemen? It's the gentrified vegan gay cafes. <laughs> Who's voting far right, ladies and gentlemen, in Europe? It's the working class white people who are no longer the bourgeoisie. They're now the proletariat, unironically. Isn't it grand? All right, let's carry on here. He was arrested under the... He, he was arrested under the terrorism laws. It's not a book. It's just an essay. It's called Repressive Tolerance. It's not a book. No one on trial. I'd got friends that, that, you know, they got teenage kids. They were complaining about things like that. I fucking knew it! <laughs> I knew it! I knew, I knew it! 
Follow Q with a diamond. Reparation payment. I feel less white now. Good for you, sir. You've done a good thing. I f- Did, didn't I tell you? I don't know how I'm going to explain this to the other parents. <laughs> you know, all of my pe- all of my friends and my friends' friends were all very progressive people. This has deeply hurt us and shocked us. You know, they've all got teenage boys as well. Why does my son have to be so different? <laughs> I swear, I swear on my life, the life of my wife and all of your wives and all of your lives. I have not pre-watched this clip. It's just fucking, it's just that predictable. It's just that easy. <laughs> no, they got teenage kids. They were complaining oh, God, about they were complaining. Like, oh, what will Exactly, Jim Enward. What will the neighbours think? Exactly. Wait, I find a Nazi flag in his bedroom. Give- <laughs> I found a Nazi flag in his bedroom. Give me a normal teenage problem. Not, not this. Why can't it be a normal teenage problem like sucking dick for crack money? (laughs) (laughs) Why can't he he just be a normal teenager and be caught doing heroin in the train station? We'd be so relieved. (laughs) (laughs) It'd have fucking great. Why can't you just be a normal teenager and be involved in stabbings on the subway like a normal kid? Maybe get involved in a few rapes or something. I mean, it is England. (laughs) We are in England. Why can't you just throw acid on people's faces like a normal teenager? I've been working in countering violence extremism for 12 years now. Never before have I seen such a surge in radicalization towards right-wing terrorism ah. and what lockdown has done is driven more and more people right-wing terrorism. into the online space to communicate he works for the center for analysis of the radical right ladies and gentlemen somehow i think finding right-wing terrorists who as per this example in this program appears to be a teenager who has a flag in his bedroom <laughs> You know, that kind of terrorism? Bedroom terrorism. So I would suggest that it's part of his MO to continue to find examples of right-wing extremism and, and terrorism. Because the day when the day comes where there is no more right-wing extremism or terrorism, his job at the, quote, Centre for Analysis of the Radical Right ceases to exist. This is why I don't trust nicotine patches. Right? When people always say to me, why don't you start nicotine patches? No. Why not? And I'm like, because it's it's philosophically self-defeating. And they always look at me funny and they go, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, why would I take a product? Why would I start buying a product which claims that the aim of the product is to stop buying it? I don't trust it. I don't trust I don't trust a product which claims that the whole aim of taking the product is to stop buying the product. No. I'd rather just keep buying the cigarettes. At least they're honest. We don't want you to quit. Keep fucking smoking. Smoke more if you could, please. <laughs> we want you to keep smoking more. Enjoy it. Yes, it's killing you. At least we're not like those patches companies. We're not lying to you. 
I mean, think about it. If the patches actually worked and everybody used the patches and they worked, then the patches companies would go out of business. So I don't trust them. <laughs> Pretty basic stuff. If the Center for Analysis of the Radical Right was actually doing what it's supposed to do, then it, it will eventually cease to exist. So I don't trust it. Same thing. Right-wing extremists are very rapid in how they change their narratives. So ah, at the start right. of lockdown, there was a lot of scapegoating of China, but then we had the black... Wow. See how he just slipped that one in there? <laughs> what? I, what? <clears throat> Hang on. <laughs> are you saying that... At the start of the coronavirus, when people were pointing out things like, I know we were doing it on this show, uh, quarantine China. Quarantine China. Remember on this show when we were saying, quarantine China now. No people in or out, no products in or out until the whole virus thing is sorted out. How about that? No, 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 that's racist. That's white supremacy. That's racist. You can't do that shit, right? Remember that shit? We played the clips on this show of the health experts saying, no, no, checking people at the airport isn't going to do anything. Remember that? The health expert in Australia was handing out fucking pamphlets to people while thousands of people were getting off the plane from China into Sydney airport. We're not going to check people for symptoms and, and temperature checks and all that stuff. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Remember? So while we were saying, well, if it is what you say it is, quarantine China now, do it now. But then what happened? No, 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 that's silly. That's white supremacy. That's racism. Then what happens? We get fucking quarantined instead. How about that? How do you like that? No, we can't quarantine China because that's white supremacy. We'll quarantine you instead, though. Right. Well, that makes total sense. So this guy who works for the, what is it? The Center for Analysis of the Radical Right just said that talking about the coronavirus at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, the outbreak, people were, quote, scapegoating China. Saying that this thing started in China and spread from China is now, ladies and gentlemen, far-right extremism. And he's got the fucking balls. He's got the audacity, this twat, to sit there on his park bench and say the radical right are known for changing their narrative very quickly. <laughs> you went from closing the airports is racism because there is no pandemic to let's lock everybody in their own homes. That's how quickly your narrative changed. Oh, no, no. It's the other guy's narrative who changed. Right. Isn't it grand, huh? Yeah, round of applause. Superb. Narrative. So at the start of lockdown, there was a lot of scapegoating of China, but then we had the Black Lives Matter protest, and they very, very quickly switched to weaponizing those protests. Their ultimate end game is to force a race war on the streets of the UK. 
the 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 white guys. <laughs> so here you have two things: the coronavirus starting in China and the Black Lives Matter protests and subsequent riots and looting and stuff, which of course he's not going to mention. I'm sorry. Talking about the rioting and the looting and the protests is that's what happens when the extreme right is trying to start a race war. Wow. What fucking planet is he's been doing this job for 12 years. <laughs> 12 years. This is what 12 years of research gets you. Wow. Winning TV in the chat saying, I'm confused. Don't worry, he's more confused than you are. He's got no fucking idea what he what he thinks. This guy, this chap. <laughs> Imagine having the balls to say that. <laughs> Paid experts. Well, there was a lot of scapegoating of China for the coronavirus, and then the narrative quickly changed to the Black Lives Matter protests, and that's obviously because they're desperate to start a race war. I love clown world. Everything is up and everything is down. Who knows what's right and wrong? It's because we're in clown world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck a duck. <laughs> in many ways, the global surge we've seen in right-wing extremism yep. is intrinsically linked to activity on social media. Ah. The very systems which are built to make money through directing people to new pieces of content. Can I White right-wing extremism is directly linked to social media. So, number one. Right-wing extremists were scapegoating China for the coronavirus. That's something a, a right-wing extremist would do. Number two, right-wing right extremists were promoting the Black Lives Matter protests because they want to start a race war. Number three, social media is a breeding is 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 the home is the is the home base of right-wing extremism. You can't, you can't even, you can't even digitally fart in the direction of um, a black person on Twitter without being fucking wiped out. What the hell is, what the hell are these people talking about? It's like a different planet. You, you'll, you'll get kicked off Twitter if you tweet something like all lives matter now. Because that's deemed as white supremacy. You'll get kicked off Twitter if you post a peppy meme of him doing the OK sign. Oh, right. right. Social media is the breeding ground of right-wing extremism. You know what the subtext to that is? The censorship is not going far enough. That's what they're saying here. We're not going to be happy until we, we crack down on everything. Because they still think social media is a right-wing fucking safe haven. It's it's like it's like we're speaking two different fucking languages. 
I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> I'm gobsmacked. How, how the hell do you have the balls to put this on television with a straight face? Unbelievable. Actually be facilitating radical... Actually, 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 Facebook is facilitating right-wing violence. ...people to new pieces of content can actually be facilitating radicalization and actually doing the extremist jobs for them. <laughs> Facebook is recruiting right-wing extremists. <laughs> we are one minute and 46 seconds in. <laughs> Tell me more about the mother. I want to hear from the mother. Here she is. February, March time, he was looking at mainstream politics, but right-wing politics, um, UKIP, that sort of thing. Oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> and that's where his journey into the far right extremism began when he was looking at UKIP. <laughs> Let me bring something up. Let me bring something up just for fun. Just for fun. Let's see some of this right-wing extremism, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, during your speech. At the time, ladies and gentlemen, the leader of UKIP, Nigel Farage. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, behold, the right-wing extremism, the promoters of right-wing violence. Have a listen to this. Mr. Barrow say there was an all-pervading sense of gloom. And I saw for the first time even your own supporters shaking their heads. They don't believe in what you're saying. The European people don't believe in what you're saying. And I don't really think even you now believe in what you're saying. Because we all know that Greece is going to default. The end game for Greece is near. And you can't say you weren't warned. You were told that the treaties were fatally flawed. You were all told that Greece should never have joined the euro. And when I stood up here five years ago and talked about Greek bond spreads, you treated me with such utter derision, it was as if I'd been let out of the local lunatic asylum. No, you've been warned all the way through. So now what you've got, now what you've got is economic governance. And everybody here in this front row... It's very extremist, isn't it? I mean, listen to this extremist, right-wing extremism, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this dangerous, dangerous man <laughs> talking about defaulting on loans and the EU economy <laughs> and bond agreements. <laughs> Again, he, it was very, it was very uncomfortable. He was listening to things like he was, he was talking about things like UKIP, for example. I don't know if you've ever heard that Nazi, Nigel Farage, remember the guy who was leading UKIP, you know, that Nazi racism and hatred and bigotry, all the things that he was doing. Supports more European economic governance. What is European economic governance? I'll tell you what it is. It's a plane landing at Athens airport, out of which get an official from the Commission, an official from the European Central Bank, and, a, and, and an official for the appalling IMF. And those three people, the Troika you call them, 
go in, they meet the Greek government, and they tell the Greek government what they may or may not do. You have killed democracy in Greece. You have three part-time overseas dictators that now tell the Greek people what they can and can't do. Wow. So sounds very extreme to me. Look, look at all this extremism. I mean, he did say the word dictator, didn't he? It is totally... <laughs> Nigel is the world's second most successful bioterrorist. <laughs> Unacceptable. Is it any wonder that Greek people are now burning EU flags and drawing swastikas across them? You are, frankly, unless Greece is allowed to get out of this economic and political prison, you may well spark a revolution in that country. Wow. So the guy, so this clip was back in 2011, right? So the guy who was literally warning the EU, saying that if you continue screwing European people over and if you continue ignoring them and if you continue fucking them out of their democracy, uh, eventually they're going to start burning flags and rioting and shit like that. So the guy who actually warned that that was going to happen is now labelled as the man who caused it. You have got to have balls so big you need to carry them around in a fucking wheelbarrow in order to say the shit that these people are saying on this program here. Balls the size of fucking coconuts. <laughs> Joe AG just unfollowed Nigel on Twitter. Good, good, because he's a Nazi, obviously. February, March time, he was looking at mainstream politics, yep. but right-wing politics. Really? Um, UKIP. That's UKIP. He was looking, he was watching, he was listening to the guy, he was listening to the guy who was warning about uh, Europeans getting fed up with losing their democracy and their sovereignty. He was he was reading about that. The guy who was telling the European Union who wouldn't listen to him that said people are going to get increasingly upset at the situation. He was listening to that guy. It's no wonder he turned into a Nazi. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. By June 2016, he'd actually met, had his first meeting yep. and met the lads from the lads national action national action oh you know what this this reminds me of another thing i have to show you now ladies and gentlemen because it's just funny because it sounds so funny it sounds so sweet and innocent when it comes from that accent you know what i mean reminds me of a great cartoon series uh that you have to check out called monkey dust i don't even know if it's on anymore the UK brothers and sisters, if they're into that kind of uh, edgy comedy, will know it. But I, I, I haven't met an American yet who knows Monkey Dust. So <laughs> let's have a look here. Forgive my followers, O oh Scorpion. They are young and have yet to realize the... Imp <laughs> so this is, this is Monkey Dust from back in the day. Oh, God, it's got to be like 2006, 2007, something like that. When she just said, and, you know, he was following mainstream politics and then he had his first meeting with the lads from National Action, all right? So this is British comedy. Was it back? Was it on the BBC back then? Jesus Christ. Uh, it wouldn't be anymore. This would be banned on the BBC now. 
uh, only, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. You see, Daryl in the chat knows. Daryl's a Scotsman. Monkey dust is fucking amazing, right? Forgive my followers, O Scorpion. They are young and have yet to realize the importance of spiritual edification in this godless society. Although Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares is on UK food <laughs> tomorrow there will not be a Gordon Ramsay. Tomorrow, death will rain the fun. Will rain. What is that bewitching smell? Bewitching. There you go, lads. Bernard Matthews microwavable nookie top pops oh. with Mackay mashed potato smiles. Oh, this decadent Western food. Tomorrow, your training will begin with the art of disguise. Meet me at 6 a.m. by the fountains at the Queen Square Shopping Centre. I love how they do his, like, one bulging crazy eye. It's the little touches that count. Scorpion, is that you? It is I. <laughs> I can blend inconspicuously into any crowd anywhere in the world. And you? We've come as the darkness. The darkness? You said, come in disguise. I sense that we must go back to basics. Oh, I could hide beneath the wings mm. of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock weapons training would never ring. But it rings and I rise, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaven razor's cold. Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? I must speak with the scorpion. It is time for him to light the spark that will set all Britain ablaze. They're watching a football. <laughs> Scorpion, it's a Mr. Cobra of death for you. <laughs> Scorpion, it's a Mr. Cobra of death for you. They're all watching. Look at the Scorpion now. He's got a big beer belly. <laughs> He's wearing like a soiled tank. He's wearing a soiled singlet. Watching a footer. He's watching a game at the Hawthorns. Who plays at Hawthorns? That would be... Shit. The team that the old Celtic manager went and... Oh, fuck. It starts with a B. You can't remember. Tell him I'll call him back at halftime. So, Omar Masood, light of Islam, do away goals count double in the Carling Cup? I believe not. <laughs> and there is still hope that we can overcome the infidel Gillingham in the penalty shootout. Even though the infidel have had a man sent off, it is the super Jills who have compressed the play into midfield yeah. and taken the upper hand, clearly. West Brom, yeah, West Bromwich Albion. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. Allah moves in a mysterious way. Any pudding, lads? Oh, yes, please. Any pudding, lads? Is <laughs> Mrs. Khan. And may I say that the Mr. Greedy mini hot dogs in the ketchup were most appetizing. Mm, mm, marvelous, Mrs. <laughs> he was such a nice boy until he started mixing. That's when he went to his first meeting. Just reminded me of that. Just took a little detour. June 2016, he'd actually met. The lads. Had his first with the lads meeting and met the lads from National Action. National Action. Okay. 
I consider myself a socialist. I'm left wing. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. <laughs> Again, I didn't pre-watch this shit. <laughs> if you missed it, if you missed it, it wasn't it wasn't predictable at all. Wow, what a shock! What a plot twist! <laughs> His first meeting and met the lads from yeah. National Action. Yeah. I consider myself a socialist. I'm a socialist. <laughs> How am I going to explain this? How am I going to explain this to the comrades down at the vegan cafe? I'm left wing. Yeah. And it goes against all my own personal politics. There you go. There it is. There it is. It goes against all of my personal politics. I'm very distressed. I'm very disturbed. My son started listening to UKIP. I'm a socialist. It, it, it's, I'm telling you, it's the same thing as the fucking gays in the 60s. It's the same thing. And if you don't think the culture has completely switched on its head now, here is exhibit A. They would have, years ago, they would have shown this exact same formula in a little like mini piece, like a little five minute video. Son coming out as gay. I consider myself a Christian, right? I consider, I, I, I noticed that he was starting to listen to materials. <laughs> I don't know, ABBA, <laughs> sure. He started watching a lot of Lucy Lawless programs. He start, and that's when he first met the lads. That's when he met the lads down at the Glow Stick Emporium. Iceman with a diamond. If she puts on a MAGA, she feels so much better. No, she nothing's going to make her feel better. Only death. <laughs> Eventually, one day. So, you know, it's the same thing. So uh, it, that, that's when he met down. He was started to hang around at all the gay clubs. And that's when he became a member of Queer Nation. I consider myself a Christian and a conservative, right? It's the exact same formula. Just switched on its head. Now it's like, oh, I was, you know, he met the lads from National Action. He started watching politics. He started voting right wing. I consider myself a socialist, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they unironically see how they have become the thing that they hate. And if, you know, if sucking a dick was rebellion in the 1970s, then voting right wing is the rebellion of the 2020s, right? You see my point here? Oh, we've, I've got no idea why all these young people are voting right wing. I consider myself a very controlling, narcissistic socialist who has a whole bunch of ideas about the way the world needs to be. Whilst I float around in my majority white neighborhood in my gated communities and visit my vegan cafes and go to me anti-whiteness yoga class i've got no idea why my young son who will never be able to afford never be able to afford a home in the town he grew up in 
and can't find a fucking job thanks to all of the mass immigration. I've got no idea why you would start voting right wing. It doesn't make sense. It's very offensive to me. Rewind the clock 40 years. You know, I've done everything to provide for my son. I've got no idea why he would why he would want to go out there and cavort and have degenerate sex with other men. You know, homosexuality and being all that what it is. You know, I've got no idea. I consider myself a very controlling and narcissistic, uh, overbearing Christian conservative parent. We've tried to do the right thing, bring him up in the church. I've got no idea why he's rebelling against the culture. <clears throat> the exact same thing. You know, my son-in-law's black. My granddaughter's mixed race. <laughs> my grand to say to him, my granddaughter's mixed race. <laughs> that's that's the equivalent of saying I have a black friend. Your brother is severely disabled. How can you think that Hitler was right when your <laughs> family would have been targeted first? <laughs> Should I say it? <laughs> I'm biting my tongue. I'm biting my tongue so hard, I may bite it off. <laughs> how, how can you sit there and say things like Hitler was right when your own family, your own mother would have been targeted? Um, I don't know what to tell you, mum. <laughs> I don't know, Mum. Maybe, maybe it's because you do. Maybe it's because you do fucking Channel Four exposes and tell them about my fucking life and upbringing and how much you hate it. Maybe that's got something to do with it. <laughs> how can you sit there, your own mother, a socialist? How can you go against everything that this family stands for? All right. Why do you think? I called him all sorts of names. Stupid. Fascist. She's a model parent, this one. How? <laughs> I don't know why he grew up to be the way he is. I called him all the names. I called him stupid and fascist and a racist. This is fucking incredible. <laughs> think think of the journey we've been on in the two and a half minutes we've watched so far of this clip, of this five-minute clip, mind you, right? Talking about the origin of the coronavirus, white supremacy, right-wing extremism, right? Black Lives Matter protests, they're actually caused by right-wing extremists trying to start a race war. Okay? You keeping up? <laughs> Social media is the safe space for right-wing extremists. Disgruntled, disappointed, disheartened, heartbroken mother doesn't know why her son started following UKIP and shit, comes out as an avowed socialist, doesn't know why he continued to vote for the right, even after she called him all the names like fascist, stupid, racist, and so on. Ladies and gentlemen, the lack of... I've watched a lot of these kinds of clips, and it's kind of what we do here on this show is breaking this shit down. 
The lack of self-awareness in this particular clip is fucking mind-boggling to me. I I am lit I am fuck I'm literally staggered, bro. I'm staggered. This is the worst I've seen. This is the worst one I've ever seen. The most flagrant, the most shallow, the most obvious, the cheapest, the worst one I've ever seen of these kinds of clips. Unfucking believable. <laughs> and hilarious. I called him all sorts of names, stupid. Yeah, good for you. Fascist, you did the right um, thing. Racist, all, all, all the mm-hmm. horrible names I mm-hmm. called him. But it was fear. It was fear of what on earth is he getting involved in. I called him a racist and a fascist because I was afraid. Oh, boy. She's a fucking gem, this one. Devout socialist mother calls son racist because she's afraid of who he votes for. Nothing. I tried. Exactly. Def making a chat. I tried everything. (laughs) I tried all the names. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. Monica in the chat. All mum did was prove that he was correct. Exactly. Every insult she threw at him, he's like, "This, you're doing the same thing that everybody else does, mum. And now, you know, I just don't understand. I don't understand why he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea. I've, I don't understand. He, he, he keeps telling me that this is a toxic relationship. You know, he came over for family dinner a couple of weeks ago and I sat him down. And I said, listen here, you stupid, racist, Nazi fucking cunt. Before you eat your potatoes, we're going to talk about why socialism is so good. And you wouldn't believe it. The ungrateful little shit got up and walked out. (laughs) He just left in the middle of dinner. He wouldn't even listen to me. (coughs) Dr. JBP said, don't let your kids make you hate them. Ben K. Veritas in the chat. Well, it's going to be difficult for a socialist. He just walked out before we haven't even served the roast beef yet. He just walked right out of there. He wouldn't even listen to my insults. The little prick. The little racist cunt. (laughs) I don't know what I've got. I don't know where I've gone wrong. You know, it's his friend's fault. I was a a model mother. I was a great mother. I did everything. I was the boy wonder of the far right for a while. I was the Nazi here hipster. Comes, ah, um, here comes the apologist. I was, this is the British baked Alaska, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Son, we need to open a dialogue. Unfavorite boomer in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, with the diamond. I worked with Tommy Robinson. As Islam becomes a more dominant force in the UK, we are going to see more children being gang raped. We're going to see more beheadings on the street. If what I say, is racist to all these people, then fine, call me racist. It's very easy to assume that, you know, an extreme... But now he's gone full circle. Now he sits on a fucking... Now he sits on a mattress on the floor. Now he's got a bookshelf and a brick wall and he sits on a mattress on the floor and he has weird, crappy postmodern art on his table. <laughs> he's, come, he's come right back. He's a socialist again. <laughs> Little Jack Buckby is in this. Yes, he is. 
little Jackie boy. Extremist was always an extremist, and that's not actually the case. And now he's got the glasses too. You know, you, you start somewhere. I'm not the white nationalist I was when I was in the BNP. I'm no. conservative, but I'm not a white nationalist. You know, maybe me talking out can help stop other young lads going down that same path. Or something. British Bake Alaska, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I disavow. I disavow everything. See, I don't have this problem because I've never claimed to be a white nationalist. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rather lucky. I'm just as hated by the white nationalists as I am by the communists. So I, I get a nice little niche part in the middle there. <laughs> Nobody likes me. It's fine. It's great. Wouldn't change it for a fucking thing. Wouldn't change it for anything. So I don't have to disavow anything. I will continue to say that... Uh, Mass immigration causes a whole bunch of economic and social problems and we're just kicking the can down the road. We're artificially inflating the economy because we're addicted to this idea that perpetual growth can exist in, and we're half socialized and half capitalized. And oh, I've, I've always been that way. I don't have to say I disavow my white nationalism because I never was one. Not that that matters anymore. Do you ever get the feeling that these guys are put out there on pedestals just to recant? Genuine question. Do you ever get the feeling that chaps like Jack, young strapping young lads like Jack, are propelled to the front of a particular movement for the sole purpose of disavowing it in the future? Do you ever get the feeling like that might happen sometimes? Not saying it happened with him. But just saying it, maybe it happens from time to time. Do you ever get that feeling? <clears throat> Henry St. George Tucker Bumper, why in the politics with a great... Uh, bumper politics, why with a great question in the chat. How many accused white nationalists have actually claimed to be one? Good point. Would you say that... It was the BNP that radicalised you and sent you further to the right. Yes. In terms of right. <laughs> yeah, without question. Oh <laughs> God. No, no. I was I was a clean cut, normal boy. Somebody else is to blame for my opinions. Nah. Sorry. Get the fuck out. You're done. Nah. You don't get to blame people for the opinion you have. You don't get to. It's your brain. It's your mind. It's your mouth. You fucking own that shit. You don't get to say that this organization here made me a bad person. And then, like, carry on. Oh, no. This organization over here, they radicalized me. They made me a bad person. Now I'm free of that organization. Now I'm a good guy again. So you see, it's not me that's the problem. <clears throat> it's them. No. Nope. Baked Alaska tried that shit, what, a year or two ago? Remember when he came out and did that video? Uh, I was posting memes and they're offensive. 
and I was saying awful things and I disavow all that shit and I like I'm really sorry and it's offensive and I need to hopefully I can be a voice to speak out against the memes and stuff and the pepes and shit. He did that. It was fucking cringe. It was a jaw it was a cheek shattering eyeball popping cringe. You don't get to blame other people for the opinions you have. You can say that like well, I learned a lot and I came to this conclusion and da 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 But you don't get to say, me hanging out with those guys, that's the, that's their fault, not mine. No, no, no. That just proves to me that you're a fucking moron, Jack. If you say that this group over here is to blame for my opinions, to me, like you're, you're saying it and most people will say, oh, well, he's really a nice boy and that group over there is bad. To me, it says that you are an empty vessel with no um, no cognitive awareness of your own. How about that? You are an empty, you are an empty droid of a human. You're not really a real person. You don't have your own thoughts. So what you're saying here, Jack, is <clears throat> that group over there radicalized you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, great. So you have no thoughts and opinions and no um, actions of your own, right? You have no agency over your own being. Well, I guess. Well, then why the fuck am I listening to you? Who cares what you think? Because how can we not? How can we tell that the opinions that you're saying now have not been put there by somebody else? Right? <clears throat> you've already got a track record of... You've already got a track record of apparently, by your logic, just repeating what other people have told you. How do I know you're not doing it now? So why the fuck would I listen to you? You posh twat. Jog on, you fucking idiot. Ben K. Veritas being very philosophical in the chat tonight. The empty barrel makes the loudest hollow noise. There you go. It was kind of like being part of a gang, and it's, it's they do it. It was kind of like being part of a gang, except we all wore suits. <laughs> so I do it, and you know. I... But do you look back on that now and understand that that is hateful language, and that is yes, hurt, hurtful, it is <laughs> yes. hurtful language. No, I understand. Yes, I understand. I was very hateful and hurtful, but it wasn't my fault. It was their fault. They made me do it. The devil made me do it. Done, of course. I joined because I thought they were addressing issues, uh, economic and, and cultural, and then the racism, the race hatred, um, yeah. comes later. Comes later. I was genuinely surprised when Jack Buckby reached out to me. Um, I did some quick research, immediately understood who he was and where he was from. Um, my gut feeling was not to engage with him. Um, but then I thought, <laughs> actually, is now the perfect time to have those difficult conversations? there's anything we can learn from his experiences that we can apply to the young people that we're concerned about now and surely those are the difficult conversations we need to be having yeah this is real difficult for you <laughs> i'm sure this is real difficult <laughs> it wasn't me it was the one-armed man <laughs> Surely there's got to be something left. There's only a few seconds left of this. Surely surely we have to go back to mum, right? Surely we have to go back to mum. 
You can only do so much to try and guide your kids. <laughs> I'm a socialist. I'm an avowed socialist. I called him a racist and a Nazi. Remember that? I called him all those names and he still wouldn't listen. There's only so much guidance I can give him. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Love you, Mum. I mean, I tried to fill him up. I've tried to fill him up with all the socialist materials that I could growing up, but it turns out that he started following you, Kip. <laughs> and he started voting right wing. I don't know what to do. I'm at my wit's end. I called him all the names. I called him a fascist. He wouldn't listen. There's only so much guidance you can get. Listen to the fucking opinion she has of herself, huh? There's only so much I can do for my baby. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I've poured my heart out trying to raise that boy. There's only so much guidance I can give him to bring him to the truth and the light of socialism, but he wouldn't even listen to me. Oh, my God. I've had to disown him. It's awful. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Oh, how horrible. Fucking shut up. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Socialism is charity at gunpoint control. Henry St. George Tucker bumper politics in a chat. No dessert until you finish your marks. <laughs> in my head, logically, I know that logically. I'm, I'm not to blame for what's happened and everything, but... I've... Oh, it's just too perfect. This whole clip is too perfect. Let me throw this in the chat for you so you can enjoy, so you can relive the magic of this at home. We really have smashed this. We've turned we've turned a five minute clip into a forty minute segment. But <laughs> deep down in my doesn't that just sum up that generation of fucking hippie retread socialist cunts? Like in a nutshell. <clears throat> have a listen to it. I called him racist, I call him fascist, he wouldn't listen. I know that I'm not to blame. It's not my fault. So Jack. His opinions weren't his fault. No, no, they were the fault of the extremists that I was hanging around with. Her son, not being a socialist, it's not her fault. No, no, it's the fault of the extremists he's hanging around with. There's only so much you can do. I think logically, I'm exceptional and amazing. It's math. <laughs> Cabaret in the chat. Unbelievable. That sums up the, the hippie retread fucking boomer female in a nutshell right there i'll see you in hell i'll see you in hell logically i know that i i'm not to blame for what's happened and everything but i think every mom out there and every dad you sort of take on that feeling of oh my heart bleeds minister of fun give me with a diamond nice shirt model it for us <laughs> no <laughs> What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? You know, I guess every every mum out there, every mum out there would have this feeling like, where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? Maybe it's when he came over for Christmas dinner and I started telling him how he needs to be a socialist and I called him a Nazi fascist cunt. Maybe that was... <laughs> Maybe that's where it went wrong. Uh, Catherine's son was convicted of membership of a far-right terrorist group and is now in jail... If only I could have done a better job. 
I know it's not my fault. Somebody else got to him, my sweet little boy. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> there you have it. What an awful, awful day for a loving parent. And that brings us to the end. Thank you. It's an overtime edition of the Daily Boogie tonight. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. Thank you to everybody who contributed tonight on DLive. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Don't forget to follow our friends uh, at Real Person PLTCS, Why Censored, Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, UK Neil, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, uh, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. Uh, don't forget tomorrow morning, Lois Ropez. No JJ Stoner because he's going to go in to get his throat cut. <clears throat> I mean, his tonsils out. <laughs> Best of luck to JJ. Send some good vibes into the universe with JJ Stoner. And I'll be back tomorrow night at around 6 p.m. Uh, after ROTC is all wrapped up. So thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Also, don't forget the Iceman, Dead Jedi in the chat. I've seen him around. Uh, who else have we got out there? I think I covered everybody. I think I covered everyone. Just follow our friends. Uh, Major Tom, Joy of Pessy, Sunday Night Shit Show, ladies and gentlemen, Spent D and Frozen Asian. Uh, and I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. I'm going to open up that chest right now. Thank you for joining us. Until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.